can fix it. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give it to his house and a red flag. Swain Event and SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Closer and closer to college football SEC Saturday, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, 12 p.m. Noon game, Neyland Stadium, the challenge has been issued Let's go, Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center studio. Ben, what's up, man? Good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. Don't need to come over there and shake you, wake you up? No, I'd prefer not to have shaking baby syndrome this morning. I need to shake you, get, get you going, man. Get your chili no. hot. I'm, I'm always ready to go. I may not look like it, but uh, I'm ready to go. Get your chili hot. Uh, no, but... Come on, Ben! <laughs> Wake up! Wake I, I, up. I'm, I'm not Mike Eckler ready to go. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a real live drizzle, as he explained on Vol Calls last night to Brent Hubs, uh, which apparently a, a real-life drizzle is one step above a real live dude. I don't know. Eckler likes to, to use those real live dude uh, d- descriptions uh, to, to call players. That that would make sense just because like that a real live dude is just a, a, a dude that is better than the rest and ready to go more than the rest. Let's go, let's go. And apparently a real live drizzle is, is like a, a, even more of a, a dude that makes plays. Let's so, go. I can't hear. Right, let's go. Come on, man. You want to headbutt me? No. Like Mike Eckler? No. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Right here. No, I'm good. Right here in my helmet. Don't feel like going to the ER today. Look at that. Eckler didn't go to the ER. He was good. Probably should have. Let's go. Oh, I miss putting on the helmet. You know what I don't miss? Taking it off. Oh, my goodness. Them ears be red. Ooh. Particularly that helmet. Your head's too big for that one. Which is saying something because you got a little peanut head. Oh, my ears going to be red. Ooh, they're going to be so today. All right, man. I'm ready to go. Let's go. 
I'm ready to learn about this football team on Saturday. No, we're going to learn a lot. We are going to to learn a lot. It's either going to make us feel good about Tennessee potentially getting to six or seven wins or not feel so good about Tennessee getting to six or, or seven wins, in my opinion. Certainly a great test, man. Great test. Second game of the season playing against a, a program that's had a, the same coach for six or seven years, a, a, a program that's established um, – not the greatest, but not the worst. And certainly can beat Tennessee if Tennessee doesn't come out uh, and play uh, their ball game. I won't say play mistake-free, but you better make sure that you have the fewest mistakes. Because I heard through the grapevine that the team that makes the fewest mistakes will win. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just heard that. I so, heard that a time or two. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Tennessee needs to make sure that they follow game maximum number one to a T. And there's going to be mistakes on both sides. But they can't be detrimental mistakes. They can't be stupid mistakes at the worst times of the football game, third downs, um, you know, in the fourth quarter, crunch time. you got to be very, very smart. And you're playing against a team with a ton of experience, a lot of seniors. And so uh, situational football is going to be very, very important, very key. Um, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. Uh, the best case scenario for us is to have what happened on 2006 versus Cal, where a team comes in here and they just run to an L-shaped ambush, or 2009 South Carolina, where they just come in and just run to uh, L-shaped ambush. That is the best case scenario. That's best case, but sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes you find yourself where well, you're down in halftime, 2019 South Carolina game, and scoring the first play of the game, the opponent does, and uh, you hit some adversity, and you got to adjust. You get knocked down, you got to get up. This team has yet to be punched in the gut because the game last week was never in doubt. How do they respond when they're punched in the gut? You sound just like a coach this morning. You know who you look like with that uh, that helmet on? Because I am a coach, man. What, a life coach? I'm, no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a football coach. Hmm. I'm always, I've always been one. Hmm. You know, you know who you look like with that helmet on. Um, somebody's mama. No, who? <laughs> Elijah Simmons. No neck having a. What? Well, no, no, what? No, no, no having what? <laughs> no neck having blankety blank. Got no. neck. Look, look at, neck. look at like a milk dud in that helmet. Shut up. I got a neck. Look at that. Look at that narrow right there. Oh, you ever uh, I I think yeah, Elijah Simmons. It's as long as it's a giraffe. It, look, at in, look at that right there. Look at that neck. Mm-hmm. Elijah got Simmons it. in a football helmet. Cracks me up. You must want to fight. He's like, he, he's like testing the walls of the helmet. He ain't got no neck. You, you must want to fight. <laughs> the bottom today. of the face mask is like touching his shoulder pads. You must want you must you you are choosing violence this morning. I can I can sense that. You want to throw some hands. I need to get some boxing gloves. Elijah Simmons. You don't call me Elijah Simmons with no neck? That ain't been. I, I would rather you Have talk. you seen I, Elijah Simmons? I did. That's why I'm sitting over here. My feelings are kind of hurt. I, I would rather you talk about my mama than, talk, than, than say that. I think you want to fight. You have more of a neck than Elijah Simmons. Thank you. 
Elijah Simmons has no neck. I mean, it, it's just chin, chest. Nothing in between. Damn. Head, top of body. Them fighting words right there, man, Ben. Well, I mean, we all have our faults. I got a neck, Ben. I got a neck. I'm going to the phone. I don't even want to talk to you right now. I'm going to the to the phones. I'm getting to Sean Ree. Sean Ree, good morning, my friend. Good morning. How you guys doing? I was all right until Ben walked into the studio. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I was jamming to the Rejuvenation Mix, Stir of the Pearl. Man, I had it flowing yesterday on WJBE. Man, I got a little copy of it. Man, I was flowing and going this morning, last night. Oh, baby. And then Ben messed up my flow, man. I was in there making eggs, making the girls lunch. I was sliding, dancing like Mr. Clean on the commercials. And then Ben come in here and messed, messed it all up. Come on, Ben. You got to do better, man. Nothing new, right? <laughs> hey, man, look, after the first game of the season, man, I was just like a lot of ball fans. I was a little bit underwhelmed, but I had a week to sit back and just think about the whole situation. And, man, it hurts because I've all haven't really been competing on top of the SLC in years, and especially for national championship contention in years. So I started thinking back to 2019 when we lost the season opener to mm. Georgia State. Mm. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't lose our season opener to Bowling Green. So now my thing is setting realistic expectations. Now I'm hoping for a good game against Pitt, and I'm hoping we can go ahead and win this game against a very uh, upper-class-led team. But my question to you guys is, a lot of times, the biggest jump is made from week one to week two. What is the major improvement that you guys would like to see from week one heading into week two? And um, I'll get off and I'll listen to your response. That's a, that's a great question, man. Because the question that um, that I have here locked and loaded for for discussion was was mainly about individual bounce back performances. But you know, Shawnery. It's talking about team bounce back performance or a unit bouncing back from last game and what improvements need to be made. Um, I just think the communication, execution in the passing game is the biggest thing from game one to game two. Um, everyone looks at the quarterback, but, you know, you, you Receivers got to be in the right place at the right time. They got to catch passes. They got to run the right routes um, you know, post snap because you know we we run option routes and so got to make the right read. Um, you know Joe has to have the right mechanics. So the passing game, the efficiency, the execution in the passing game is probably the biggest for me. Uh, ben, what about you? The same. Yeah, uh, and. To, to answer Sean Ree's question and, and your question, it's it's the same. As a team, it's it's the passing game. As an individual, it's Joe Milton. I I was very concerned by the amount of wide open receivers running down the field that Joe Milton just simply did not see. That that is concerning to me. And was it a one game fluke? Doesn't seem to be because you you heard and read things out of Michigan that stated that he had those issues at Michigan. So that unfortunately just may be who he is at this point. 
maybe as a, as, maybe a, yeah. as a fourth year player. I hope not. Yeah, he, uh, but again, talked about it earlier this week. There, there's a difference between a fourth year player doing that and a and a true freshman making his first start. There, there there's a difference. Uh, and and I hope that Joe Milton can correct those things. But to be quite honest, I'm I'm concerned about it because uh, I I do lean towards that just being who he is at this point. Outside of of Milton, and I don't know if Milton will be your pick anyways, but who do you think will have the biggest bounce back game? And I don't want to sit here and and harp on, spend too much time harping on what someone didn't do Mm -hmm. and how bad they played because it is Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, The game was a week week ago. So uh, it's more so just just talking uh, about who we think – Based on uh, the vibe around practice, based on what we've heard about um, how the player was able to, or players able to uh, see what they did and, and go and correct it, uh, maybe the information we know about the maturity level and, and all that good stuff. Like, who are some guys? It could be offense, it could be defense, it could be, you know, special teams, even though Chase McGrath was one for one, did his thing. Um, but who who are some players that you think, or player, it might just be one, outside of Joe Milton, if it is Joe Milton, I don't know if it is, that you think will have the biggest bounce-back game from game one to game two? Uh, just to speak on Joe Milton real quick, I, I do think, although I have my concerns, I do think he'll play better than he did last week. How much better? I don't know. But I am I'm choosing to believe Cedric Tillman when Cedric Tillman says this week that during fall camp, throughout fall camp, missing on the deep ball like he did against Bowling Green wasn't an issue. That, for the most part, Tennessee was successful with that, that, that Tennessee connected on those throws for the most part. I, 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 right now, maybe I'm proven wrong, but right now I'm chalking those missed throws up to it being his first game in Neyland and the adrenaline flowing through him and whatever. Um, so I, I do think Joe Milton will take a step forward. It's just how much of a step forward does he take? In terms of guys not named Joe Milton, like you asked, I think Jalen Hyatt and Jalen Wright are the first two that come to mind, the Jalens within the offense. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, I was surprised that he dropped those those two passes against the Bowling Green. That, that wasn't an issue for him last year. I, I don't recall him really dropping a pass last year as a true freshman in the COVID-shortened season. So I was surprised that he, he went out there and dropped two passes uh, to be spe- specific because you see guys drop passes from time to time. It, it's going to happen. It's, it's part of the game. Even as great as your hands were, I'm sure there was a game where you dropped a pass. I had a game just like Jalen Hyatt. It wasn't two drops, but it was, it was, it was one drop. It was against Alabama. It was an 4 I ran a dig route. It was terrible. It was a terrible route, just like Jalen Hyatt's route wasn't good. And he dropped his pass, and the ball hit me right there in the back, back shoulder. Excuse me, back hip. I dropped it. Uh, but the difference between mine and, and his, you know, I, on the same drive, I came back and, and called touchdown against Alabama. And so you got to – I didn't have time to think about it. I had to flush it. You know, as soon as it happened, I had to get back in the huddle and flush it and get my mind uh, in the right place to be able to make a play for my team. Um, Jalen, I mean, he's you know he's had a, more than a week to to think about that, to go back and correct it. 
Um, he hasn't scored that touchdown. As a receiver, when you score that touchdown, you know, it makes everything better. So um, I, I've been there. Now, now that's probably was the, that probably was the only and worst drop of my my career. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hey, I went back a couple plays later and scored a touchdown, and then I also got the game ball that game. So, yes. But my point is, yeah. like, even the best hands at the best hands, yeah. even they drop. Yeah, for sure. Of football. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins had a, a stupid long streak of consecutive passes uh, caught without without having a drop, and even he drops passes. It's all concentration, man. That that that's right. So, uh, I, I I think Jalen Hyatt will take a step forward this week. Cedric Tillman said that he makes plays in practice and, and that he trusts him out there on, on game day. So I think he'll he'll take a step forward. And like I said, Jalen Wright. Freshman trying to bounce things in his first game. I don't think he'll do that this week. We'll take a timeout and then we'll come back and uh, man, we'll continue to discuss who will have the biggest bounce back game, and then we will go to who will have um, a continuation from last game, who played well, and who will continue their two game streak of high level play. Uh, when we come back from my first break of the day, Swain event. Fuel by Dead End Barbecue. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. Good morning, Swain Event crew. As the weather heats up, so does our market, and from Johnson City to Knoxville, eager buyers are grabbing up many available properties. The chili is hot in East Tennessee, so if you are ready to buy or sell or want to talk more about our local real estate market, I'm just a phone call away. Or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. 
I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Biggest bounce back game from game one to game two individually. Looking over um, on offense, I think I think I think Hyatt um, is, is a candidate for sure uh, because he's going to be needed. He's going to be needed. He's going to have plenty of opportunities, and if Tennessee's going to be successful, I think he's going to be uh, a reason why. I think the receivers. This is a game for the receivers and the defensive line. Like that's the, the units that I'm looking at. Um, because defensive line, when you're playing a team out of conference, you're the SEC, that is supposed to stand out. Mm -hmm. And so the defensive line is a group I'm looking at. Receivers is a group I'm looking at because we know how physical Pittsburgh wants to play in the secondary. They're going to walk corners up. They're going to play man-to-man, and they're going to dare you to beat them over the top, and they're going to stop the football from, you know, on the run, and that's what they want to do. Um, you have some teams that play a bend but don't break defense. They want to keep everything in front of you. Um, Pittsburgh is going to dare you to throw it over the top. And, you know, we've seen this 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 style of, of defensive back play from the likes of Florida, you know, over the last you know decade or more. Um, those guys, they in your face. You better be able to get off press coverage. You better create separation man-to-man. And so we're going to see – how well we run routes this week. We're going to see. We're going to see. Um, you can't be running 50,000 bubble screens, wide receiver. You got to run some real routes. So we got to see. When you're running um, down the football field and you got to create separation, how are you going to set the DB up? Are you going to give it away? When you're playing against an experienced football team as a young wide receiver, those DBs, they've seen it all. I remember going up against Carlos Rogers at Auburn. I was a sophomore. He was a, a junior or senior, but he was a first-round pick. 
And I remember also going up against Dante Robinson, who also was a first-round pick in South Carolina. And I went, against, I went up against Dante Robinson my freshman year. And all them little moves that I thought I was making. <laughs> the little seven-on-seven seven moves. He was like, oh, I've seen them before. Come here, little freshman. I'm in your hip pocket. I'm in your pocket right now. You got 75 cents in your pocket right now. Two shiny quarters and one raggedy one. I'm right in your pocket. Because he had seen it all. Well, when I became an upperclassman and I was playing against a young corner, I was schooling him because I had more experience. There was little moves that I knew, little things that tipped me off that I knew he was going to do. And so we have young wide receivers. You're going up against some older cats on defense. Is that going to play a part in this football game? Don't give up your routes. Don't sell. Don't tip off what you're doing. Line up the same way you're doing the run. Um, making sure that you're putting the same weight on your front front leg in a run as you do in the pass. Don't tip it off that it's not going to be a pass. That, oh, here's a run. We're going to chill. Oh, here's the breather. Because you can tell by a receiver's stance if it's going to be a run or a pass sometimes if that receiver does not – uh, is not aware of that. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the receivers. I'm looking uh, specifically at at Valus Jones, who I won't say like had any drops or had a bad game, but I don't think Valus needs to play in any game for Tennessee this season where he's not showing up in the stat sheet. Correct. Now I like, think part of that opener was his hamstring bugging him, or maybe not bugging him, but them taking it easy with him. He didn't need to be a focal point in, in that game. But moving forward this week, you, you, Valus can go easy next week against Tennessee Tech. This week he can, he can be full go, yep. assuming that his body allows him. Yep. Whether you play bad or you play but didn't do anything because you were slowed down, I still put that in the same category. And I think you know, he, he, can, he will bounce back as far as being active mm-hmm. and, and productive. So – uh, looking at t- those two guys at, at receiver, I-, I like your pick at Jalen Wright. Uh, I think he's going to have a bigger role this week, and he's going to have to make sure that he shows patience. And when he sees a hole, he has to hit it um, instead of bouncing outside. You know that was a great test for him to understand that it's not high school. You can't, you can't, you can't, you know, make those make those runs. There's there's pursuit. There's a conscious effort to. Um, Keep the outside shoulder free by the edge defender to make sure that uh, ball carrier is not bouncing outside. So um, he needs to just be aware of that and believe what he sees and hit the hole and know that all he needs is a little crease because he does have that speed. He does have that talent. He belongs here. Uh, but I think he's going to play a bigger role this week. Um, so those are my guys on offense outside of Joe Milton. I think Joe Copycat. Milton will have um, – I will, I will have a – Bounce back game. Um, defensively, man, at the linebacker position, you know, we didn't hear much. Well, we did hear much. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily great when the sec- when the other linebackers came in. Um, but you know, a guy like Aaron Beasley, you know, when he does come in, um, I expect him to play at a at a high level level for sure. Um, I expect um, Kim George to play at a higher level. Um, I expect Alante Taylor to play at a higher level, um, so it's going to be needed. They're going to try to pass the football uh, because Pittsburgh does not run the ball well. That's something they have struggled with for 
um, last two years. So the ball's going to be in the air, and uh, I think those those guys in secondary will have um, a bounce back game. You good, Bill? You think Kenneth George Jr. can take a step forward this game? Yeah, he has to. If he doesn't, bombs over by that. Outcast. Because. Well, the good thing is he's a, a backup, and surely they won't be rotating as much this game as they did last game. I mean, he's a guy that's played a lot of football. Who, I, so that, that's not a, that could be a bad thing. I mean, he. He, listen, he cannot as it equal success. He cannot be a good player, or he could be a good player. But the performance Saturday is what I'm talking about. Like you can, you can, you can be an average player, but but Saturday you play above average. That's that's all I care about. Um, some of our better players on our football team. Listen, they could they could not have a great game. This ain't the game to do it, but I'm saying it's possible. So I'm not sitting here saying that. You know, Kim George Jr. is a guy that um, I look at like Cam Sutton, where I know, all right, people ain't going to be just throwing the ball at his side. But Oh, they're going to be throwing the ball at Kenneth George Jr. Yeah, but like just play better than some of the other games you had at Tennessee. Because I hope so. Pittsburgh, to generate explosive plays and big plays, um, some teams don't have to do it in the passing game. I think Pittsburgh will have to because – they, they're just not a good running football team. Mm-hmm. And their quarterback is a big extension of their running game. Um, when they do pass it, and he gets out uh, outside the pocket or he gets up in the pocket and runs through the pocket uh, and scrambles, he, he's an extension of the running game. So um, make Pittsburgh one-dimensional, and when that happens, we got to get our hands on footballs and bring it down and, and not let receivers run loose. So that's that's the biggest thing I'm looking at in terms of the defense. I, I'm not looking at one particular player because with the starting eleven on on defense, there, there wasn't really a guy that stood out in a negative mm-hmm. way. There were some backups that stood out in a negative way, but I think those backups were playing because it was Bowling Green. So I, I look more at the defense from a a whole and look right at those turnovers. You, you had your hands on some footballs, and you just weren't able to to capitalize on getting your hands on the football and, and against uh, a team like Pitt, which is a 50-50 toss-up game for Tennessee. You, you got to create some extra opportunities for the offense. You, you just have to. Uh, whether it be fumbles or interceptions, it, it doesn't matter. When when you get your hands on the football this week, you got to make the most of it and completely take it away from the pit offense and give Joe Milton uh, another opportunity with with his offense. So that's that's what I want to see Tennessee improve upon this week defensively is just creating some turnovers. Cause Tell they didn't me, have a single one last week. Who's that defense? Mm-hmm. That's that's. Man, I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you to tell me what is written on the board there, and I think that's like pink or purple. Tell me, tell me what that says up there. I don't know. I can't read your chicken scratch. That's that's BS because Charles Davis is Charles and uh, Jack Sherrill's phone number is up there. Well, that green is better than that purple pink color. Easier to read, and you wrote Charles Davis a little bit bigger. Turnover margin minus one. Amazing. 
You can see now. I just had to squint a couple seconds and turnover margin negative one. Turnover margin is negative one Mm -hmm. so far for this football team. That ain't gonna fly. And they haven't played stiff competition. That ain't gonna fly. Now, Bowling Green didn't score a touchdown. That's something if you're Tim Banks that you know you you highlight as being positive, but you also highlight, hey guys. Hey guys, we we gotta we gotta get the ball. We gotta get the ball. We gotta rip at the football. We gotta make sure that when the ball's in the air, and we have a chance to pick it off. We have to pick it off. We need to give our offense more opportunities. Um, so I'll be running, having a running tally of the turn, turnover margin this entire season. And right now it's at negative one, and that's not what you want. Josh Heupel, if I'm not mistaken, was at plus ten last year, um, which. It's like you know, basically like plus one per game because uh, of, the, of the schedule. But that's that's where we need to be. We definitely don't need to be in the negative. Um, but you certainly want to be in a positive. You want to be getting extra possessions, uh, and that's a that's a key to victory. So uh, we need to be back in the plus side of the turnover margin, um, and that's hopefully getting at least two or more uh, turnovers without us turning the football over at all. So. Turnover margin is going to be, I think, very, very important uh, in this football game. Ball security, taking care of the football, and then getting the ball away from those guys. Uh, 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Iris Network's hotline. Hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Uh, Right now, Hiller is offering credits. Credits on old... Home systems. You can trade in your old HVAC system and earn up to $1,500 towards your new select system. You can upgrade from a standard water heater and go with a tankless water heater. Earn up to $500 for that trade. You can trade in your old electrical panel and then receive $500 in credit for um for your new one that goes towards your new one. So uh, Hiller's all about the credits this month, making sure that you upgrade your old system to new systems. And they're going to help you do that. HappyHiller.com, proud sponsors of National Predators, Tennessee Volunteers, and the Swain event. We will take a quick bottom of the hour break and return after this. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. J.C.'s will give you a free estimate and beat any Written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. 
The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. <laughs> Event fuel by Day and Barbecues. Time for around the SEC Thursday, September the 9th, 741. Ben, what we got today, man? Couple of different things to discuss. Uh, the SEC Players of the Week were announced on Tuesday. Uh, Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback, was named the offensive player of the week through for 344 yards and four touchdowns in his first career start a 44-13 win over Miami set Alabama records for yards and touchdowns by a quarterback in their first career start passing Jalen Hurts in 2016 and Mac Jones in 19 and Joe Namath in 62 in terms of touchdowns Alabama just doesn't stop, do they? Uh, Christopher nope. Smith, a safety at Georgia, was named the Defensive Player of the Week. He is the player that picked off DJ Uwe Ungalale and returned it 74 yards to the house for the only touchdown on the night. It was his first career interception, and it broke open a 0-0 tie. Great play, too. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, great play call by Georgia as well to debate DJ Ui Angalale. Uh, Alabama place kicker Will Reichard was the special teams player of the week. Uh, was perfect on the night, connecting on all three field goal attempts, hitting from 38, 51, and 40. Uh, Jordan Davis, the nose guard at Georgia, was named the defensive lineman of the week. Monster. Uh, led the line in which Georgia allowed just 180 total yards against Clemson. Made his sixth career sack on the night. Uh, had two tackles for a loss. Uh, he was actually the co-defensive player of the week because Zachary Carter, defensive end at Florida, was the other co-defensive lineman of the week. He you sound had, sad, man. I mean, <laughs> Florida, Georgia, <laughs> Alabama are the only players I've talked about so far. You sound so sad. It's so noticeable. Uh, Zachary Carter had four tackles, three tackles for loss, and a forced fumble, and a career-high three sacks against FAU. Uh, the offensive lineman of the week, they were co-offensive linemen of the week, Kenyon Green at Texas A&M. Uh, he is the lone returning starter on the offensive front. And he, he helped A&M pave the way for 303 rushing yards. Uh, Luke Fortner at Kentucky was the other co-SEC lineman. Uh, Kentucky had 564 yards of total offense. I watched their game last night against Louisiana Monroe. And I don't care about the opponent. Swain, Will Levis is going to be a problem, and so is Wondell Robinson. Yep. They looked as good as they could in, in their debut. Interested to see how they look against Missouri this weekend. Uh, and then two co-freshmen of the week as well, Debo Williams, a linebacker at South Carolina, redshirt freshman playing in his first collegiate game, was credited with a pair of blocked punts in South Carolina's 46 to nothing win over Eastern Illinois. And then Caden Costa, the kicker at Ole Miss made three field goals, including a 47-yarder. So those were your SEC players of the week. Speaking of Bryce Young, he was in the headlines yesterday because Great. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young is set to host a podcast for Colin Cowherd's The Volume, uh, his, his podcast series as college players start inking media deals. He was one of several college football players to do so yesterday. And I would just love to be a fly on the wall of the room in which Bryce Young told Nick Saban that he was going to do this podcast. I'm sure that that's good. That's sparks good feelings for Saban. That's a good point. <laughs> you, you know he was gritting his teeth, trying to smile through it. Yep. But coach, coaches – you going to hate on your players getting opportunities? Do you really want to be that coach? Do you really want to be that guy that talked a good game in the media about how it's good for the players and you're happy for the players and it's good, all that, but then behind the scenes you hating on them when they get opportunity to make some money? Do you really want to be that guy? So, uh, of course, you're going to make sure that, you know, you, you of course, you're going to uh, make sure that that player is able to do it and you ain't going to say anything if you're Nick Saban. But I, I know coaches are not going to like it, especially in season. I wouldn't like it as a coach, to be honest. No. I, I want my guys to be focused. It's hard enough to focus when you got class and you got, you know, girls and uh, you got partying going on. And uh, whether or not it's been official is not the, not the point. It's still a distraction and it can um, deter some focus from 
from your players. So yeah, you you worried about that, but at the same time, I I like to have a happy player. You know, a lot of guys have that weight on their shoulders of not having any money, um, you know, feeling like you know you're being used and abused. You're coming in to working every day. You over here struggling. So at least you feel a lot better if you got some money in your pocket. So it's you know it, it can it can be it can be both ways either way. Um, but yeah, man, that is um, that is big time. You think Dr. Pepper want their money back though from uh, DJ? No, because he'll light the world on fire the rest of the season because who, who, who Clemson they, plays a crap schedule. Who they who they who they play this week? Wait for somebody. Probably. Well, since they started with Georgia, I, I imagine they. Play somebody even Citadel. worse than Wake Forest. To play the Citadel this week, <laughs> probably a some, some school like the Citadel. Oh yeah, you're right. I was am South Carolina State. <laughs> the the team that had like the 60 year old dad playing on it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might as well play Bishop Sycamore. Here's an interesting story for you out of Baton Rouge. Cavante. Uh, Bradford is a running back who was a freshman at LSU last year. He entered the transfer portal after his freshman season last year and transferred to Oklahoma. And now he has left Oklahoma and is coming back to LSU, rejoining the LSU football team. This is as if Eric Gray this past Monday up and decided to come back to Tennessee. That That's what it would be like so a very interesting situation there he was in Norman for just a couple of months and entered the transfer portal last month and is now re-enrolled at LSU after playing last season at LSU and then transferring after the season don't you just love the transfer portal don't you just love it I mean I love it when my team gets good players (laughs) but yeah, that's that. That reminds me of like a high school relationship, where you break up with one one person, you start dating another person, and you break up with that person, and get back with your old, your old, your old thing, your old boo thing. Yeah, that 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 one chick that you just can't get away from. Yeah, it's like say about a bell, something. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, last two things I got for you, uh, Arkansas suffered a major blow yesterday as Dory and Gerald. Their top defensive end broke his leg in practice mm. and will miss the rest of the season. And in a really sad situation, uh, a super senior is Dorian Gerald, uh, and his college career has just been littered with multiple injuries uh, and is now over. He is the starting jack defensive end on Arkansas's depth chart, played 42 snaps in the opener, uh, had one quarterback hurry, and uh, – Pro Football Focus credited him with three hurries. So uh, this is the third straight year Dorian Gerald has suffered a significant injury early in the season. 19, he went down with what was described as a strained artery in the season opener and missed the rest of the season. And then last year, a leg injury in the opener sidelined him for three games. So I really, really hate that for Dorian Gerald. You just hate hearing those type of stories about kids in, in their college career that it's not themselves that prevent them from playing. It's, it's stupid injuries, bad luck. I just, I just really hate that. And I, I imagine he's in a bad space. So my thoughts are with him. The, the thing that stinks is injuries are part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. 
you know, it happens. But the worst part is when a player gets hurt at the beginning of the season. Like yeah. these season-ending injuries that occurred first weekend of college football or week one, because week before that was week zero. So you had a player at Alabama that's out for the year. You had a player at Clemson that's out for the year. Um, regardless of what team you hate, like you hate to see young men have to go through that, you know, put all that work in and then only be able to play a couple quarters and then boom, the whole season is over for them. So that's what I hate for them. I hate that, man. That stinks. That absolutely stinks. We got Attaboy coming up. We got touchdown turnover coming up. Uh, lots to get to. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. At work? Can't call in? Don't feel bad. You can talk to the guys on the text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design When I made the move to my own studio I was worried about this I was worried about that I was worried about Hey, did I get this piece of equipment? Did I get that piece of equipment? Does that sound good? Does that not sound good? One thing I didn't have to worry about That was office furniture Because office furniture outfitters Met my furniture needs with a 50,000 square foot facility, they have East Tennessee's largest selection and are the best value for new and used office furniture. Located in Knoxville, it's easy to find everything you need for your new space, including desks, file cabinets, chairs, conference tables, and more. Office Furniture Outfitters is turnkey. They came to my place, we mapped everything out that was needed, they delivered, and get this, set everything up. To learn more about what Office Furniture Outfitters can do for you, log on to OFONOX.com. That's OFONOX.com. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. 
Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. All right, it's time for Attaboy here on the Swain event. Attaboy is brought to you by Iris Networks. 90 days, no payment for business internet. Attaboy is when we highlight feel-good stories, positive stories, good deeds. And um, Ben, what do you have for today? Uh, I'm going to hurry up and get out of the way because you have something very special to share. Now, my Attaboy is is awesome today. I've read this thread on Twitter yesterday and was super excited to, to share it on the show. Uh, it's from Annie Hilbrun. Uh, she shares this story. Uh, she's a sports multimedia journalist for the San Diego Union Tribune, and she was sharing a story on Yu Darvish, who is a pitcher for the San Diego Padres, and the Padres were recently in Atlanta to play the Braves, and there was a fan who is actually from Tennessee uh, from Murfreesboro, who is a Padres fan, and for his 10th birthday, was gifted a trip by his grandparents to Truist Park in Atlanta to see the Padres play the Braves. And the game was rained out, which is unfortunate because Landon and his dad made the three-and-a-half-hour trip from Tennessee. Uh, the game was postponed due to rain, which obviously would bum any kid out. However, one player stood outside to sign autographs in the rain, and that player was Yu Darvish. Landon was thrilled when he got a ball signed. Uh, Landon's mom isn't a huge baseball fan, but she uh, noticed how happy Landon was despite the rainout because Yu Darvish signed his baseball, and she messaged Yu Darvish on Instagram. Uh, and as you would expect, if, if you message a professional athlete, especially a guy like Yu Darvish who has made a whole lot of money and has a whole lot of followers. You don't necessarily expect them to to write back, uh, but you Darvish did and wanted to say thanks uh, to the message for, for thanks for standing in the rain. And, and Darvish wrote back and and said that uh, he, he was happy to to do so and that he hoped that the family and Landon could make it back safely for Wednesday's game. Uh, but the next day, you Darvish followed up asking if he could gift. Landon and his family a trip to Petco Park to see the Padres since his trip was rained out. Darvish offered to pay the flights, hotel, and tickets. Landon and his dad accepted, uh, blown away by the generosity, and uh, Landon went out to Petco Park earlier uh, this week, courtesy of you, Darvish, and saw his Padres play. He got to chat in the dugout with Darvish before the game. You Darvish gave him signed cleats, a glove, and an autographed Fernando Tatis jersey. And uh, Landon said it was the best day of his life. And the family's hoping that you Darvish uh, stops by their home for a home-cooked meal the next time he's, he's coming through Tennessee. That's a good one right there, man. It makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside for sure, man. That's, that's, good. that's good stuff. A reminder that there are good people that care about other people, uh, care about other people's feelings, and care about their well-being, even though you don't know them. Um, I hope, I hope Attaboy kind of serves as a reminder for folks that typically don't see a lot of positivity, especially if you're someone that sits there and watches news all day. Um, but that's a good reminder right there um, that 
good things are happening. So each week we are going to um, give out a pair of tickets on a program. And the way we did it last year was uh, selecting someone, uh, and usually they're like recommendations, uh, but someone that you know doesn't really get a chance to go to the game, but man, they work hard, they bring value to other people's lives, they make people smile, they 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 just a good person. Uh, maybe they fell on some hard times and just you know just need a, a uh, escape. Want to go you know go to the game, um, and. Tuesday, Tuesday, I was at I was at Gus's Fried Chicken, obviously for Tennessee Prime, um, and I came across uh, Melissa Truitt, and Melissa Truitt, big time Tennessee fan, uh, loves the Vols. Uh, she works at Gus's, by the way, and uh, you know, as I was setting up all the equipment. Breaking down all the equipment the last two weeks, so, you know, I've got a chance to you know, have conversations with 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 some of the workers, and I uh, had a conversation with Melissa um, this past Tuesday, and she shared with me, and I got permission f- to share this on the program, uh, but she shared with me that her granddaughter and late husband. Used to go to the games all the time, and her granddaughter is sixteen years old. And uh, she said she would go with her papa Paul, and and uh, it would make her day. It's something they would do all the time, all the time. Growing up, and the granddaughter is sixteen years old. So growing up, I mean, sixteen years, she you know, Tennessee football has has been in her blood. Um, well, Melissa Truitt's husband passed away and this young Tennessee fan has not been to a game since and it just that struck that struck home to me because I think about all the the stories of Tennessee fans of how they became Tennessee fans and what was that moment everyone's story is different you know, my story is different. I mean, I became a fan once I, be, you know, when I decided that Tennessee is going to be a place I may go to school. But for some of you all, you became a Tennessee fan the, the day that you jumped up on your, your granddaddy's lap as a youngster and you listened to John Ward or you watched him play on TV <clears throat> and it was a family event and you saw how your, your parents – would light up watching Tennessee, and you just had that connection with your parents, your grandparents, and you became a Tennessee fan yourself. Or there was one player on Tennessee that you found out went through some of the same things that you went through off the football field, um, and they overcame, and so they became, you know, a model for you, and you, you know, looked up to them. Um, it can be all kind of different reasons of why you are the fa- a fan of the team that you're a fan of, and in this case. Tennessee fans, and um, I just I just thought about all the people that I've talked to since my playing days were up in 2007, and all the conversations I've had about the sacrifices that fans have made to support their team, um, the resources they put forth to get tickets and the tailgate and, and to donate, um, 
and the stories I've heard about people, I haven't missed a game since 1980, or I haven't missed a game since this. Or, it's just remarkable. And so uh, when Melissa told me her story about her husband passing away and, you know, they're not going to a game and the granddaughter not going to a game since, she wanted to be able to take her granddaughter to a game like her husband used to take her granddaughter to the game when he was alive. So we did that for them, um, courtesy of our anonymous um, supporter of the program that donated to the Swain event season tickets just for this reason, just for this reason, for us to be able to do stuff like this. So these tickets are awesome. They're right there at the 50-yard line. Uh, I told her where she'd be sitting. She she just lit up. She told her granddaughter. Her granddaughter was so so fired up, so happy. Um, she thought her grandma was joking, uh, but she was just so, so happy. I got a chance to talk to her yesterday after the show because um, I had this phone number calling me. <laughs> it was here. It was like – it was like 9.57, and uh, I was like, man, who is that calling 9.57? Everybody, everybody knows I'm doing a show. And I, it wasn't an 866 number or or 1-800 number, so I know, you know nobody was trying to call in and try to offer some car warranty uh, deals. Um, but she like she called like two or three times, and as soon as the show was over, I called her and, um, and I talked to her and you know, told her, I'm coming over, come by Gus's, I'll bring your tickets, i got a parking pass for you, and... Um, just whatever you do, just just have fun, take some pictures, and just share share with me your experience. And uh, hope you have the the best time ever. And uh, hope Tennessee win. You get a chance to see that. And you think about the good times you went to the games with with um, your husband and your granddaughter. The good times that sh- she had with her grandpa when he was alive, going to Tennessee games. So that is today's um, attaboy. It really goes to our anonymous. Supporter mm-hmm. for making it happen. At a boy, at a girl. They are they are a team. They are a team. And Tennessee is special. Tennessee is special. If you didn't know that already, if you if you listened to yesterday's show and you heard Charles Davis talking about Johnny Majors, you. You, you know that. But Tennessee is special. We're special people. I have a passion for this university and this football program. And uh, we're just so happy to be able to, as a Swain event, have a platform to, to be able to do that. You know, we understand that this program is more than just sitting up here talking about sports, talking about Tennessee. We understand that. We understand the responsibility. We understand... Um, the voice that we have, the opportunities that we have to impact people's lives and, and bring value to it. And um, I'm glad we get a chance to do that with um, Alyssa Truitt and, and her granddaughter Leah being able to go to the game for the first time um, in a long time. So uh, with that, we'll take a top of the hour break and then we'll come back. We got touchdown turnover, still breaking down this Tennessee Pittsburgh game as they play in two days. At noon, Swain event. Be right back. <laughs> 